We should be all set. Okay. <clears throat> this open meeting of the Master Plan Implementation Committee is being conducted remotely pursuant to Chapter 22 of the Acts of 2022, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency signed into law on July 16, 2022. All members of the Master Plan Implementation Committee are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. This act allows the Master Plan Implementation Committee to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northboro Remote Meetings on YouTube by the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will not feature public comment. I'll take uh, attendance now. Uh, please say here or something to that effect when I call your name. Julianne Hirsch? Here. Amy Peretsky? Here. Millie Milton? Here. Ashley Davies? I know Ashley's going to be joining us later on in the meeting. She's not here now. Tracy Camerano? Here. Adrian Cost? Bill Peterson? Fran Baxter? Here. Jean Kennedy? Here. Jean Cahill? Here. Rick Leaf is here. John Campbell? Here. Dario DeMar? Here. From the staff, uh, Lori Connors? Here. Anyone else from the staff here tonight, Lori? No. Okay, so that gets kind of the normal routine out of the way here. Um, as the agenda indicates, our first item tonight is to get an update from Weston and Sampson on what they've been doing since they started here on the project. We have a number of people from Weston Sampson joining us uh, tonight. I know that uh, Jonathan Law, the project manager, has got a presentation in which he's going to sort of introduce the people uh, that are working on our, on our behalf, some of whom we heard tonight. So I think I'll allow Jonathan to do those introductions as part of the uh, it's his presentation. So without further ado, Jonathan. Take it away. You should Thanks, be Rick. all set to share your screen, Jonathan. Yeah, I saw that. Um, can everybody see my screen? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Everybody hear me okay? Yes. Also, yes. Okay, good. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, so as Rick mentioned, um, this is a, a fairly quick presentation to just go over um, where we're at right now with the that the master plan study for downtown Northboro. Um, and with that, I'll go to the next scheme. So the agenda for tonight is the team introduction. So who we are, um, Western Sampson, team experience. Uh, I'll introduce uh, a couple of people on the call tonight from the team. Um, we'll go over the study area, um, the project schedule, work completed today, and including in that is some of the current survey results that we have. Um, compiled. The survey is still open, so these numbers can still go up and the, and the responses can change. And then finally, we'll, we'll talk about next steps between this meeting and next meeting, what we hope to achieve. So for those who don't know, Western Sampton is a, a fairly old company, 123 years old, privately owned, 725 employees. 
we have many design disciplines um, within Western Samson umbrella working on this project from Western Samson is our landscape architecture group, our transportation and traffic group, um, and we have some stormwater management also within this project. Uh, we're also working with RKG Associates who are um, in charge of uh, producing the, um, the, the, the governance and the, the dealing with um, the business owners um, and facilitating feedback from them. They're not on the, on the call this evening, but you can see in the sheet here some of the projects that Western Samson and RKG have done together. And then on the left side is Western Samson's um, experience in doing streetscape and urban design projects. And similarly, on the right is RKG's experience. So RKG is going to be doing basically market analysis, if I'm correct. Is that right, Jonathan? Right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so on the call this evening, um, in the larger pictures at the top, there's Sherry Ruane, who's a discipline leader for landscape architecture. There's myself. I'm a team leader, and I'm in the landscape architecture department. We have Ashley Sweet, who's in our planning department, and then Michael Isler, who's a project manager also in the landscape architecture group. And then some other on the smaller images are people not in attendance tonight. So Jeff Santa Cruz, he's our senior team leader in the transportation group. Frank Occupinti, it's a difficult name to say. Um, he's on our water and stormwater facilities group. And then Russell, again, another difficult name to say. Um, Arkenbolt, he is with RKG Associates. Sherry, would you like to say a few words or are you should I just keep going? Um, yeah, well, let me just say briefly. So I'm the principal in charge on the project and will be responsible for making sure that the resources are dedicated to the project. I was at Apple Fest and did go on the site walk with the team. I will be kept obviously closely in the loop and will be involved in the public engagement components. But really, Jonathan is going to be the day to day um, and will be well supported by Ashley, Mike, and I, as well as the other folks. Um, but yeah, we're excited to be on the project. We think there is a huge amount of potential here. And um, yeah, I'll let Jonathan take it from there. So for those of you who don't know, that this is the, the or maybe a note today, this is the project study area, which was based on information obtained in the RFP that was issued by the town. So the primary study area you can see is the red dashed line. Then secondary study area is the orange dashed line. And then finally, the um, priority for pedestrian accessibility is the yellow dashed line. So you can see the main sort of field of study is, is sort of within the heart of downtown, um, you know, all of the major intersections by the church, um, Hudson Street, um, Baker Street and Pierce Street and then obviously worth the main street. And then finally wrapping around the town common from Astabet Park, which is a project that Western Samson also completed for the town. Jonathan, there's a little, I don't know if anyone else is getting this. There's a little bit of a weird, um, I don't know what, with your audio. I don't know if you have headphones handy, but it might help. Is anyone else having issues? Yeah, I'm hearing a little bit of, a little bit of distortion. Yeah, there's just a little bit, but okay. we can understand you. It's just a little bit on like the S's. It just sounds like you have a little bit of a lisp. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's understandable. I just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, if my computer's, uh, I think, doing an update now. Maybe something to do with that. I'll, I'll continue as I am. I don't have my headphones handy, so okay. Sorry, on the whole thing. So. so we developed a, a project schedule, which we met with Rick and Laurie on and discussed this. Um, so this is the current project schedule. It's an eight-month duration. So we started sometime in September. Uh, and we'll go to the end of April in 2023. Um, you'll notice the, the circular portions on this or the circular graphic on this project schedule are meetings. So you can see we have considerable amounts of meetings where we're gonna facilitate feedback from not only the MPIC committee, but also from the local business owners and also the, the, the residents of Northborough. The final goal being a uh, final report that will include a concept design for the main area of downtown. So right now we're in October. Um, we have completed a site walk. We're starting to gather information, review previous studies that have been done. Um, and then once we kick on into the next couple of weeks, that's when the business and stakeholder interviews will hopefully begin. And again, that will be facilitated by RKG with involvement from Western and Samson. Before you move on, we can go just go back to that for a second, Jonathan. Yep. So I guess a couple of things for the committee. You can see that Weston Sampson is going to be meeting with us monthly. Each one of our MPIC meetings will start with an update um, from Weston Sampson as to what's been going on, um, requesting any decisions as a committee that we have to make, and then talking about what's going to be coming up next. So that's planned for uh, you know for each month as we go forward here. And then there'll be all of this other analysis and design work kind of going on simultaneously. Um, you can see that under conceptual plan development, um, we talked about um, basically getting multiple uh, design scenarios, and that'll be coming out in that particular uh, part of the project there. So there'll be a number of different optional uh, designs that'll be presented by Weston and Sampson during the course of the project. So I'm just wondering, I just want to make sure before we move on from this, does anybody in the committee have any questions uh, at this point about the project plan or schedule? I, I yeah. have a question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Fran, did you friend? have a question? Yes. Um, when, you, when you showed the slide of the team, um, on the walk, I thought that there were two people who identified themselves as having expertise in economic development. And I think that they yeah. were from out of state. It was, that was RKG, that was Russ and Summer. Okay, so they're, they're not the people who are going to re be represented? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. All right, thank you. That's rough. So we just don't have Summer on the team chart, but she's oh, okay. she's she's in support of Russ. All right, thank you. Because it's fall. All right. Any other questions or comments at this point? Yeah, I had a question on pre-MPIC meeting. Is that an internal meeting at Weston Sampson, or does that involve us? So that's a meeting okay, so that um, on Mondays, the week of the meetings. On Mondays at 11, Laurie and Ashley and I and Western and Samson are going to meet just to decide what we're going to discuss that following Thursday night. Okay. 
and we're we'll, doing this we will... in advance of each MPIC. Uh, Laura, Ashley and Laurie and I have been meeting on Tuesdays, the week of the meeting, just to finalize the agenda. Um, we're going to be moving to Mondays because it fits Jonathan's schedule uh, better. It's also possible there may be a time when Jonathan and Sherry wants to meet with Laurie and I and Ashley in between MPIC meetings if there's some interim decisions have to be made or questions to be answered. But those will be as needed. They're not on the schedule. So, but they will, we will be having a preliminary meeting with Weston and Samson every Monday uh, prior to our Thursday MPIC meetings. And, and the goal of that meeting is to present the the present present what we're going to show at the MPIC meeting and get feedback from Rick. Um, just so we, we're all on the same page, which is what we did prior to this meeting today. Are other MPIC members invited or is this just a small exclusive group? Um, I don't know why, I guess from my perspective, we're doing them as Zooms, I guess from my perspective, um, if there are other people on the committee that were available at 11 o'clock on a Monday that wanted to log on to the Zoom, I guess we could do that. I know, is it, would you have any issue with that, Laura? You know, it's a lot of redundancy uh, because we're going to be discussing the, the um, content of our meeting. So like, for example, um, this past Monday, we kind of went over what they've done and what they're going to do. And we discussed the fact that we wanted this presentation. So I, it's going to be a lot of redundancy for what you're going to see on the Thursday night meetings anyway. It's one of, one of the reasons why we wind small meetings is because this, this committee is so large <laughs> that it's really kind of unwieldy to find dates and times that work for folks. Uh, so if you so just stick with your dates and times and if people want to jump in, is that okay? Or are you just saying, nope, we're going to do it on our own. Uh, you guys have to schedule. If people can't make the schedule, they don't show up. But if they're not allowed to show up, I'm just, that's the question is, can anybody else in the committee join? You guys can still have it's, it's not going to be a posted meeting. So we cannot have a quorum. So it's okay. uh, the quorum, the posted meeting is the Thursday night meeting. So as long as we know that there isn't going to be a quorum present, then I suppose it's okay if other folks want to join. Um, but uh, it absolutely cannot have a quorum. Okay. Because we don't want to do meeting minutes. Because uh, the whole point of the meeting is just to I understand all that. I just yeah, yeah, that's fine. So if one or two two people pop in, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Not knowing ahead of time whether more than one or two people will pop in could constitute a violation of open meeting. So it's probably better for us to just leave it as it is and rely on the small group to report back to the big group at our posted meetings. Yeah, it's probably good advice. Whatever you guys decide, if no one else is invited, that's fine. I just wanted to know, that's all. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Let's I, just I, leave I, it at this I, point. The, the cleanest way to do that is let's leave the Monday after the Monday meetings with Lori and Ashley and I and Weston Sampson, and then we'll see what happens as we go forward. Got it. Thanks. Okay. Any any other questions on the schedule? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd like to talk uh, about um, Dario's point after the presentation. I think that's something we can decide amongst ourselves and not take up time during the presentation. But I'd like to continue that discussion if we can. Okay, who's this speaking? Julianne Hirsch. Okay, Julianne. Okay, anything else besides that? Okay, Jonathan, let's keep moving. Great, thank you. As I mentioned, um, we're going to talk about work completed today and then next step. So work completed today, we had some staff attend Applefest to engage with the local community and get some uh, feedback, which was a, a great uh, place for us to visit. Um, we got some, some good feedback. Um, I heard there were some tasty treats eaten as well, so everybody won that day. Um, the online survey has gone live. It's still open um, for a while longer. Uh, the design team has sent, attended a site walk um, for the entire project with members of the town and, and Rick and some other folks. Um, we've also been coordinating with Laurie, um, as I mentioned before, some information gathering on previous studies and just our own information. And then we're also in early discussions with MathDOT, um, which is an, an important criteria of this project, uh, mainly because if at the end of the day, um, some of the design concepts talk about reducing road, uh, road diet and, and travel lanes, we need to get buy-in from MathDOT. So we are going to talk with those folks and just make sure that we're all on the same page because the last thing we want to do is present ideas that MathDOT are against. So again, early discussions with those folks. I'm just going to go over a few um, of the online survey results. It's, these are not all the questions or results that are, that are in, but I think I felt those, these were just the important ones to discuss today. Again, survey is still open, so there's still opportunity to, for people to um, provide input. But I think you can see um, here, 529 people have answered. So it, it's been a pretty popular site so far. So we're happy about that. As you can see, most people who have responded are residents. Um, we'd like to get the business owners up a little bit more. Um, maybe some of them uh, responded under residence, but again, we'll be reaching out to the business owners and facilitating me meetings with them. So if you're a resident, how long have you lived in Northborough? Again, Northborough must be a great place to live because the majority of people have lived there for you know, 11 to 20 years or more than 20 years, so that's great. Then the question, if you don't like going downtown, please tell us why. So it's unsafe, confusing, it's too congested, unattractive, not enough parking. And then, you know, you'll see the, the greatest result here is the little to, in downtown that interests me. And then others, please specify. So I think, you know, these components here are great for this design team to be able to move forward with um, helping us produce concepts and come up with some design ideas um, as we move forward. And then this graphic, um, there's, a, there's a lot to digest here, but what I wanted to point out on this one is the two areas that are underlined here, the two responses that are underlined in red. Uh, you know, people are, you know, think it's critical that the downtown attract attractiveness is addressed. And then through that, the unique character of Northborough is also part of that um, downtown attractiveness. Uh, part of the project but you can see traffic flow traffic safety you know they're either important or critical to people um parking lot and availability of music music municipal parking on and off street is is you know important 
parking generally is a critical uh, component of projects. So it's nice to see that people don't think that parking is such a big issue uh, in downtown today. And then other things like signage and bicycle and pedestrian access are also important components, again, which we'll all be addressing in this, in this master plan study. And this is uh, a kind of a word diagram that is, is um, generated from some of the one word uh, answers that we got or responses we got from people. So, you know, if I just pick some of these out, unwelcoming, busy gas stations, I think we all know there's quite a lot of gas, gas stations in downtown, um, ugly, unattractive, too much traffic, empty. Um, you know, so again, these are all great great punch lines and words that we can use to, to move this design forward. So does the size of the word have something to do with how many people said yeah, that Yes, so the size of the word is that it is to do with how many people uh, made that same suggestion, so yes. And also, I think it's important to mention that the, the needs word, right? That what it did was people put phrases in and needs was just a part of the phrase. And so, I went in and just looked at, you know, what basically what those were saying. Um, and it's like needs more beautification, needs more aesthetic, um, you know, consideration, needs an upgrade, needs refreshing. Um, and I think that that's helpful to understand. But the, you know, needs restaurants, needs a facelift, needs more life, needs some love. <laughs> So the, the word needs represents a lot of those things, um, but it I think that that's helpful in an understanding that that was a very well-used uh, start to the process. The fact that I see words like welcoming and attractive and words like that, I mean, there were some people who commented positively about the downtown? Yep. So then finally, we'll just talk about next steps. So as I mentioned, the survey is still open. Um, we'll collate the final survey results. RKG will begin their market analysis. So as you might remember on the project schedule, they'll be reaching out to business owners and, and trying to um, facilitate individual meetings with business owners that are suggested by uh, Laurie. Um, we'll continue to gather information on the site and then will also begin the traffic count study, which again helped with us as we move forward with the design in terms of reducing or contemplating reducing road diet and, and uh, the number of travel lanes out there. And that's all we have for today. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. Um, so the floor is open for questions, comments, feedback. Um, Anything from members on the committee at this point? I think Western Sampson's off to a good start. There's a lot to be done, but just interested to hear if what people's reaction to what's happened so far is, if there's any other reaction or comment. John? I just wanted to know if you discuss your walkthrough that I wasn't able to attend, will that be coming up in the presentation or could I ask that question now? Do you talk about the site walk? Yeah, so what, what came out of the site walk, maybe two or three points that uh, Weston and Sampson took away from it. Sherry, you want to respond to that? 
Sure. Yeah, I thought it was really helpful. Um, and Jonathan, I think you can stop sharing just so we can see each other again. Um, I think it was really helpful. Um, Ashley was there and um, Mike was there. We had our traffic engineer there. We did have Russ in summer from RKG. And we were able to walk up and down both sides of Main Street. Um, I think a few fire engines went by, which was helpful just to understand sort of the noise. Um, we did go down a few of the side streets to see um, you know, some of the natural resources that were very close to Main Street um, and some of the parcels that are you know, currently under, under um, consideration and have been designated for the new fire station where the old fire station was. So I think it was incredibly helpful to hear from everyone, their perspectives, where they saw opportunities, where they saw challenges um, and have a really good collaborative uh, conversation about it. And actually, Ashley, um, can you just share briefly sort of the workshop idea that you had come up with um, on our walk that you thought might be helpful for business owners to engage in? Sure. So we have done this on, on a previous project where we uh, selected a series of parcels that are adjacent to each other. Um, there, It's a unique situation. And so we wanted to highlight an opportunity there. And we brought um, the business and property owners to a workshop with us and gave them a, a site plan, uh, an aerial photograph of the property as it exists now, or the properties as it exists now. And we provided them with two scale um, components of the site. So we gave them parking spaces that were scaled to the drawing. We gave them curb cuts that were scaled to the drawing. And we, we talked to them um, about how to reconfigure, you know, if, if zoning was off the table, if regulation was off the table, you know, you know, how would you reconfigure this site? What would you do here to improve the property um, and make an impact? And it was a helpful exercise to get buy-in from these property owners and business owners to get them to understand that these are changes that can provide them with with positive outcomes and opportunities that they don't currently have now, as opposed to just seeing it or reading it in, in a written form in a report, it gave them and empowered them to sit around the table and collaborate with each other um, in a way that they had never done before, even though they were side-by-side -side property owners. Um, these pieces of property are divided by berms. There's multiple driveways, and we we found ways to work work with them and actually get them to kind of move things around in a way that we showed them that they have more parking if we consolidate what they have, and if we closed off a driveway between the buildings and and um, consolidated site access, they could end up with a um, a patio space, an outdoor patio space between the two properties that they could use, you know, in a shared way. Um, so it really got buy-in from them um, to participate in the process. And we thought it might be a good exercise here as well to select some key locations um, and get those property owners to really participate in the process um, and feel some ownership to what's going on. And I'll just add to that, I think for me, um... The potential of Blake Street and the, the the land around there 
right in the heart of downtown is an amazing opportunity for us um, and for the town to produce something that's going to be, you know, groundbreaking, last a long time, be resilient, be inclusive, um, address stormwater issues, accessibility. But it could be the heart of downtown with this fabulous open space that is multi-use, um, but also gives people an excuse to come back downtown. Just for people's um, knowledge. So this we started, we met at the town hall and we walked up Main Street past Trinity Church and crossed over. We were on, we were on the uh, north side of Route 20. We crossed over Route 20 at Trinity Church and we walked on the other side of Route 20 up to South Street. And we walked down South Street to Acebet Park. And we walked up Acebet Street behind the Common and down Monroe Street. And then we walked uh, back down Main Street towards the center of town and crossed over um, at the intersection of Church and Main. We walked down Church Street to the bridge over the, uh, the brook there. And we walked back down Church Street to Pierce and Pierce to Blake. Blake back to Maine, Maine back to Hudson, and then Hudson down about to River Street, and then back up again. So that was kind of the route that we followed on the walk. Mm -hmm. And we we stopped for the the old fire station and the current fire station. I think we all agreed that the current fire station would be a great place for a brewery. So we all imagined having a cold beer. <laughs> right so. We talked quite a bit about the river about Cold Harbor Brook coming behind the fire station down by the river and opportunities there to see what we could do about making that more accessible at some point also. So besides mm -hmm. looking at properties on the streets and the streets, you know, we did talk about, you know, other, other opportunities. Other questions or comments? Um, Ashley, do you have any examples of uh, towns or areas where you've done something like that that we might be familiar with or? Uh, so we did that exercise in Westerly, Rhode Island. We worked on a project there for their route one corridor. And we have, we have the, you know, we have the results of that. We took, took photographs of what they produced in the end and how they kind of reconfigured things um, that we can, we can certainly share with you, but it, it was successful in, in Westerly and really engaging those property owners and business mm -hmm. owners. And in that case, it wasn't, um, sometimes the property owner was not the business owner. So we brought everyone to the table, recognizing that not just the, the property owner doesn't have control over a lot of these things, but is going to uh, realize a benefit. And we needed buy-in from the property owner as well to make sure that they understood um, that, you know, if you're recommending certain improvements or certain changes, whether it be to landscape design or to zoning, um, it's very difficult, I think, from, from most people's perspective to visualize what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and how that might play out. And so this was a, a very useful tool to get people visualizing changes. Um, and it makes those changes a lot less scary when they can see what those impacts might look like and how they can benefit from them. Yeah, no, I think it sounds like a great option for some of these properties in town, for sure. Absolutely. One thing that we thought was interesting was this idea of doing these traffic counts, you know, the 
you know, that if the Department of Transportation has a better idea about exactly what's going on with traffic in center of town, they may be more amenable to options to do things. So um, I was pleased to hear that at least at this point, obviously nothing is guaranteed, but at this point we could leave open the option of doing some fairly significant modifications to Route 20 through the center of town if the traffic counts justify it. I think, Jonathan, you told us that uh, you're finding that the Department of Transportation is becoming more and more amenable to things to, to help uh, pedestrian safety and accessibility and, and other kinds of things. And so it's it's not just so much a open shut case that we can't touch Route 20, that there are possibilities that we might be able to do some really neat things with Route 20 if these traffic counts help to support it. Yeah, MathDOT have a complete streets guidelines now. So if, if we come in and within the design say that we're going to adhere to these guidelines that they have, so for example, on-street parking, pedestrian access, bike lanes, then they're more amenable to accept changes along this corridor than maybe, you know, they would have 10 years ago when they say, you know, a state road, we're not even going to touch it. So, you know, they're, they're open to, to change as long as we can guarantee, but well, suggest or having the concepts that this is what we want to do is take forward this complete streets goal. Yeah, I took that as being one of the most positive things I've heard about this project so far. Once again, not, not guaranteeing exactly what can happen, just the fact that it's open for discussion. Lori and I sort of fed back to Sherry and Jonathan at our meeting this week to push the envelope on this project right now as far as they can push it. And then, you know, we'll just have to see eventually what's reasonable. But at this point in the project, you know, anything that would really help to improve the area, regardless of, you know, how dramatic it may seem at this point, would at least be on the table. I'm just assuming that um, in terms of Ashley's outreach to property owners, that a focus will be on those properties that are either vacant or buildings that are empty um, to try to get those owners involved in the process and to also find out what their plans are in terms of moving forward with their properties. Uh, my goal for the downtown workshop is to invite all of the uh, downtown property owners, as well as the business owners. Um, I think even if we focus on, let's say, Blake Street, I think the other property owners and business owners, even if they're not on Blake Street, um, will uh, be able to benefit from the participation in the workshop because they may be able to realize what could be, what currently doesn't exist, but what could be. And it might inspire them to make some changes on their own properties, even though it may not be a Blake Street property, uh, assuming that we go with Blake Street, we may not. Okay. And would that include the town of Northboro properties? Because there's some along there, I believe. Uh, you mean invite the town administrator and the selectmen? That's mm -hmm. an interesting idea. I, I can see the benefit of that. Uh, just even so that they can hear, mm -hmm. um, you know, what the private developers or the private property owners or businesses, what, what they're hearing. Yeah. 
Other comments, questions? Okay, well, I think there's going to be you know, a lot of things happening in the next uh, month here, trying to get organized for these uh, workshops and roundtables and talking to stakeholders and obviously trying to work on traffic counts and keeping up conversation with Department of Transportation, a lot of other things going on. So we should be able to get a, an interesting update um, at our uh, on November meeting to how things are progressing um, at this point. I'd, I guess I'd also offer that... Um, if anybody on the committee in between meetings has questions or comments, probably the best bet is to send them through Laurie and she can coordinate everything, uh, send them back through Jonathan. So Jonathan will be our main contact point at Weston Sampson and we should consider Laurie to be our main contact point at the town. So we have some sort of a managed uh, flow of information. Then to the extent that there's feedback going back to people in between meetings, it can be handled kind of in the reverse, in the reverse factor, but feel free you know, in between meetings, if you have ideas or suggestions or questions, uh, just to route them through Laurie and we'll manage them, you know, that way. And then, you know, either respond. Once again, we have to be careful about how we we manage this project in between meetings to stay, you know, uh, um, not going askance of the open meeting law. So I'm, our, our main way of communicating will be on these monthly Thursday night meetings, but certainly individual questions, communications can happen uh, through the through the town planner. One other question: the uh, <clears throat> as this process moves forward, be developed. Uh, how will we, as a committee, uh, gain access to some of the data and information that uh, the consultant uh, submits? Do we have a, a website? Is it going to be on the town website or? So as the project progresses, I would like to prepare a downtown revitalization webpage, which will be off the planning department webpage. And the documents that are created will be available um, via that webpage. So okay. as um, right now, I don't really have anything to share. So we'll be developing that over the course of the next uh, couple of months. So stay tuned. Okay. So a uh, couple of the pro other projects that I'm working on is the dog park and the um, complete streets projects. And so those are new pages that were just created over the course of the last week and are on the planning department page. So you can kind of look at to those to see uh, the initial uh, stages of how that page will be developed. And of yeah, course, as we get more meat, there'll be a lot more on there. Thank you. Okay. And, and we can share every presentation that we make with Laurie and then she can distribute it as needed. Any other questions or comments for uh, Weston Sampson? I just think it sounds great. I think the walk sounds like it was great and all the ideas sound great. I'm excited. Good. Thank you. Me too. Can't wait to get it started. All right, well, uh, 
for all of you from Weston and Sampson here tonight, thank you very much, you know, for attending. I'm sure Jonathan will figure out for each meeting who the right people are to have here before us. But like I said, we should just plan now that our first agenda item going forward while this project is happening each month will be an update uh, led by Jonathan and anyone else he feels is appropriate from his team to uh, to bring on board. And we'll just keep working through uh, keep working through this project. And it should be as we get two or three months into the down the road here and some ideas start to percolate, should be really interesting to see uh, what some of the options might be that we could consider here. So once Excellent. again, Sherry, Jonathan, uh, Ashley, uh, thanks very much for being here tonight and we'll stay in touch. All right. Thanks so Thank much, you. guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Okay. I think that, uh, you know, Lori and I, uh, you know, we're extremely pleased with how this thing has been kicked off so far. And we seem to have some good people working with us and they seem to be generally excited about doing this project. So uh, we should, we should have been a good place here. And what the place is going to be is anybody's guess right now, but it should be interesting to get there. All right. The next item on the agenda is an update on complete streets. Uh, there was a, uh, public input session at the Selectman's meeting this yeah. past Monday night. And so I'll let Lori give us an update on where that all stands right now. All right. Um, so I think the presentation went well. Uh, so it was a joint effort of Woodard and Curran, who is our consultant on that project, uh, as well as Scott Charpentier and I. Uh, so we gave a PowerPoint presentation to the Board of Selectmen, and we opened it up for public comment. Uh, so it was very similar to what we went through with uh, you folks at the last meeting. Uh, Scott went through the 25 projects. Of course, we added the project that you folks had recommended at the last meeting, which was the Hudson Street project. Uh, there's an area, of course, where there is no sidewalk that is uh, between the housing authority property and the church. Uh, so that was uh, project number 25. Uh, we did receive a request for uh, project number 26, which we are adding, which is a Brigham Street sidewalk project. Um, so... Overall, so a number of folks kind of chimed in with their top three priorities. Uh, some of the board, mem uh, board of selectmen uh, gave us their thoughts. And I'd say the most popular projects that rose to the surface were uh, the downtown um, sidewalk projects, um, the aqueduct uh, multi-purpose trail slash bridge project, and the Allen Street project that came up, uh, a number of folks had mentioned the Allen Street project. So that was super helpful. And I think that uh, folks are excited about the prospect of getting some grant money um, <laughs> and getting uh, some construction projects underway. So uh, overall, I thought that that went well and folks were very receptive. One thing I think you mentioned, Laurie, also was that you tried to educate people on the fact that to get the actual funding from the state, there's got to be a there's got to be sort of a synergy between our projects and the things the state is interested in funding. And so the actual priority list will follow a combination of what we want to do and what the state wants to fund. 
<laughs> yes, I, I wanted to make it very clear that even though um, the sidewalk projects in particular uh, might, you know, the average person might rank them differently, but the Complete Streets Prioritization Plan is going to rank them in accordance with the Complete Streets Evaluation Criteria. So we are blending our evaluation criteria with what the Complete Streets Program is going to use to evaluate our construction projects. Um, so projects that may be very highly desired by the town may end up being low on in our ranking on the prioritization plan, just because they're not fundable through that grant program. Um, so I know that sounds a little bit strange, um, but I've been doing grant writing for a long time. And so... <laughs> Um, that's, that's one of the things that I've learned as time go, goes on. If you're looking for grant money, you need to give the state what the state is asking for. Um, so it's kind of, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back scenario. And that's also not to say that there could be some projects that we feel are very important that don't seem to meet the state's criteria that couldn't end up becoming worn articles or funded some other way. Absolutely. Absolutely, because uh, there still are other sources of funds out there. Um, obviously, town appropriation being the number one uh, possibility. And there's also ARPA money out there. So maybe a sidewalk project isn't uh, fundable through the Complete Streets program, but is fundable using ARPA money. Questions or comments about where we stand on Complete Streets right now? Just one question I have is, so when do we think we'll be submitting our list to the state to start to really ask for funding? Um, so the next funding round uh, for construction funding is in May. So we were thinking that we wanted to submit our prioritization plan um, to the state for their approval by January at the latest. So we still have to go through the 26 projects and rank them. So, um, but I, I anticipate that we will absolutely be able to get that done within the next month or so. And then we'll have to go back to the Board of Selectmen and get their blessing on the prioritization plan before we file with MassDOT. And then the MassDOT approval process takes a few months. Okay might be helpful once the prioritization list is complete and maybe approved by the selectmen to then, you know, review that at one of these upcoming meetings or, you know, send some information out to the board through a, a posting somewhere so we can see what is actually going to the state. Absolutely. Happy to do that. Okay. Other questions or comments about complete streets? I think it's good to see we're actually moving forward now to get fairly close to submitting requests to the state and hopefully get some money back to do some things. So that'll be a step in the right direction. All right. Next time on the agenda has to do with, um, I guess, the uh, discuss the fact that our committee 
is being asked to submit letters of support for three applications before the CPA or that'll be going before the CPC for CPA funding, one of which is this multi-use trail feasibility study, one of which is dog park, and one of which is the senior center ADA um, trail. So Laurie, why don't you give us a little update as to where those stand and what it is that uh, the CPC is looking for us to do. I'm gonna to defer to Amy on the first project and then I'll talk about the next two. Okay. Okay. Um, Ashley and I wrote up a CPA application. It hasn't been submitted yet, but hopefully next week for a feasibility study for the multi-use trail. I think Ashley had talked about it with open space last year. And so we were gonna bring it forth this year. We're gonna submitted through the CPA. We also submitted it for ARPA funds to see which one would be able to fund it. We thought it's important to get it going because there are some grants that come up and you never know when the best grants are for the multi-use trails. So you hate to keep waiting because some of these grants could be going away. Can you just review no. for the committee again, the exact yeah. trail itself? Oh, really sure. And how, what, how, what, what it's gonna be? Sure. The multi-use trail is a 6.6 mile trail and it's along the aqueduct. It actually starts down on Bartlett Street and weaves through town. I have pictures of it. Um, it goes past Bartlett Pond area and it goes, I'm trying to think, it goes up past the police station by the baseball fields. It would cross the aqueduct bridge and it goes by Edmonds Hill hiking trail. So you could have a parking lot there. Continues on to the senior center. There's a parking lot there. And then it goes down along, it goes under 290, which is, there's already a bridge there. And it follows the aqueduct all the way to Berlin. And Berlin has two point, I think it's like 2.1 acres. And once they complete theirs, It'll connect Northboro to the Mass Central Rail Trail. Hmm. And the other way, Westboro actually already did a feasibility study for their town. And part of it is to connect to us. And it would bring us too from like the high school, you could drive your bike or walk or jog to Lake Chauncey. So it, it would really open up Northboro for a lot of safe pedestrian access. It would be ADA compliant and it would bring, um, you know, safe for kids to bike or walk. Actually, all ages. You could leave from the senior center and walk too. And so I did actually. Oh. Say, does some of this actually follow the actual earthen aqueduct you can walk on now? Or is the whole thing does. That? No, the whole thing is on the aqueduct and it's already oh, yeah. a dirt trail that's yeah. already open. So what was the surface? What's the surface you're proposing? Well, that's what the feasibility study would come back okay. with, hopefully some prices. Okay. We already looked into it. There's like stone dust you can use and the Holliston bike trail uses it. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't even know it was stone dust. It's so packed down that I saw carriages, we rode bikes, it never felt unsafe. And when we looked into this like two years ago, it was, I think the person I asked, it was like $22,000 a mile to do the stone dust. Whereas if you do the paving, it's like a million dollars a mile or more. But they get a lot of money from the state, like the Westboro Feasibility Study said all of their project would be like $24 million. I'm not sure how many miles they're doing, 
But after all the grants and money they were getting, it brought it down to like a $2 million project for the town. He said that it's a person from Westboro reaches out to us a lot. His name is Don Byrne and he did a lot of trails in, in Westboro. He's also worked with a lot of bike trails. So he would help Northboro. So Amy, um, this is on the open space meeting agenda next yep. week. And I think you've uh, summarized it fairly well. There's a little more complication to it too. I know uh, Ashley spent a lot of time on it, so she wanted to bring it back up, but we haven't discussed it. So, um, you know, let's just say there's an assumption that our board would agree to sponsor it for CPA, but it hasn't been formalized yet to that level. But I, I, I think we got to leave it to that discussion before we know that it would become an application for this year but um it, it you know i know it was something we brought it about 20 percent forward and um our our committee and ashley admittedly didn't have enough time and data um and then i want to be sure that we're focused on the support for the aqueduct bridge study which was approved at town meeting and you know the next steps for it that i know Lori has got involved in and, uh, and Vinny will be taking it forward from there. So, right. That, uh, you know, it all meshes together and I uh, want to be sure we take that all into account. Yep. This is just for the feasibility study. It's not to do the whole trail. It, it may come out that it's not feasible at all. Right. But Understood. Don Byrne, who reaches out a lot, he said that, you know, there's so much funding. This is very popular in the state right now. Mm -hmm. And um, if we wait too long, because this is probably the third year, Ashley and I have talked about it, the funding could dry up and we'll have missed our window. And we went to a couple of trails meetings and they say to start small, like the aqueduct bridge is a big part of it, but they said you could start with the smaller parts. It can be done in phases. Like you could go from the senior center to Whitney to um, Berlin and then connect to the Mass Central Rail Trail. Mm -hmm. The feasibility can break it down into phases. I just think it's an opportunity lost if we just don't do the feasibility study and at least get the answer on whether or not it's feasible. I know Don mentioned there might be six easements and those could take a long time to work out. So you want to start it sooner than rather than later. Well, it seems to me it's very consistent with the master plan. I mean, there's a lot in the transportation section of the master plan that talks about exactly this kind of stuff that people in town want. Mm -hmm. So it would seem to me that it'd be natural for the master plan implementation committee to support, you know, this first step in terms of feasibility study, because it's definitely in line with, you know, uh, things that came out of the development of the master plan itself. So I'm not sure, Lori... Each, each one of these things where we want to indicate, if we do indicate the master plan implementation committee supports these things, do we take a vote at our meeting, basically say that at the so-and-so meeting of the master plan implementation committee, this feasibility study was presented and the committee uh, voted to express its support for it? Is that kind of what we need to do tonight on each one of these? Yeah, and then the follow-up to that is that I would write a, a support letter, and then that support letter would it be included in the CPC application that's submitted. Okay. 
So I guess before we, we should do these one at a time, um, before I call for a motion indicating support for this, are there any are there questions or comments or discussion about this particular project before we call for a vote on it? I'm talking just chair. about the multi-use trail, Rick, or all three? Just We'll do them one at a time, just the multi-use trail. Okay. Fran, you had a question? Yeah, um, so, no, just a comment. I mean, and I think that even if we thought it was premature or, I mean, trying to figure out, it, not exactly sure what John was, was indicating, whether it would be a problem to support this because of the others or whether it would, you know, um, uh, make that less important. But at a minimum, we can send a letter that says that this project, um, this application meets the criteria and the um, mission of the master plan and, you know, quote the sections of the, you know, of the goals that we set, because at a minimum it does. It, it addresses one of the passive recreation um, priorities that we had. So I would think that we could at a minimum say that even if we didn't think, if we thought because it's not, the application hasn't been completed, that we're supporting it because we don't have the completed application. But like I said, at a minimum, we should say that it meets the criteria or the mission of the master plan. Yeah, I think the letter that Lori's talking about would state that. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense because, and I, and I may be wrong, but I, I can't imagine anybody on this committee would be against it because it shows up so many times in, in the master plan goal. So to support pursuing it, I think all the details don't matter as long as they know, hey, we're behind it 100%, do what you got to do to try to get there and then, you know, let the cards fall where they may. But um, I, it just, it would be really, you know, to me, an awesome thing to, to happen to Northborough. Central Mass Planning too has um, a list of priorities and it's on the list we've attached it to the application. So it's actually a priority for them too, to try to connect all these towns with the bike trail, pedestrian trail. Well, I think it still makes sense for us to take a vote and indicate, you know, formally our support. What we're, what we're going to vote to support is this, you know, uh, feasibility study. And mm -hmm. then obviously we may ask me sometime in the future to support again something that came out of the feasibility study, but what we're talking about now is is our support to go ahead and uh, see if we can get some CPA funding to support a feasibility study. So, having said that, the floor is open. I'll accept a motion that the MPIC um, uh, indicates its support for the feasibility study for the multi-use trail. So moved. Is there a second for that? Second. Second. All right, I guess I got to go through this administrative procedure here. To... <laughs> one day we've got to talk about meeting in person. Can we, before I, I don't want to get off the topic here, but I mean, at some point we should talk about meeting in person again, but we'll get to that. Anyway, okay, Julianne. Yes. Amy. Yes. Millie. Yes. Is Ashley here yet? No. Okay. no I'm sure here. she would say yes if she were. Tracy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, Fran. Yes. Gene Kennedy. Yes. Gene Cahill. Yes. Rick Leaf says yes. John Campbell. Yes. And Dario. Yes. Okay, so we have unanimous support for that. Okay, let's move on to the uh, find my agenda here now. 
Um, what do you want to do next? The dog park, Lori? Sure. Uh, so last week we had a uh, presentation and a public information session on the dog park. Uh, so there were four sites that were presented uh, as being the, the future home of the dog park. Uh, two of them were pretty much in neighborhoods. Uh, one was at the senior center and the last one was at uh, Boundary Street on a 32 acre parcel that abuts the DCR land. Um, so the overwhelming response that we received was uh, that folks like the senior center parcel, um, but were concerned because uh, we had heard that uh, the, the senior center itself did not want the dog park adjacent to it. So the top choice uh, because of that became the Boundary Street parcel. So that is the property that we are going forward with. Uh, so Weston and Samson was hired uh, to do the feasibility study to look at up to five properties um, as well as to do the preliminary design. So now that we've gotten the public input feasibility aspect out of the way, we are moving on to the preliminary design. So uh, we are anticipating that we will submit a CPC application um, for the construction of the dog park. Um, so we are anticipating that we will apply for Stanton Foundation grants to pay for, uh, to complete the design. So uh, the, the money that we have in, on hand uh, today will pay for 75% design drawings. Uh, so we will apply for a Stanton Foundation grant to get us the rest of the way. Uh, with construction ready design drawings, as well as bid documents. Um, and then the Stanton Foundation will pay up to 90% of the construction costs for a dog park. They fund 10 per year around Massachusetts, um, but they cap it at 225,000. So of course, uh, since COVID, construction dollars don't go nearly as far as they used to go. Uh, so we anticipate that 225,000 won't be enough uh, in order to build the dog park that we would like to. We'd really like to build um, a two acre dog park uh, because we want to include a portion of the dog park as a forested area to provide shade. Uh, we don't want to clear cut the area. Uh, we'd like to maintain some trees uh, so it's a more natural setting. Um, and then we want to have an area that is clear um, for play. So that area would enable folks to play fetch and uh, with their dogs and do all sorts of other activities. Um, so there'll be a small dog area and there'll be a large dog area. Uh, so they'll be uh, separately fenced in, and then there'll be a dual entrance, uh, which is pretty much the requirement of the Stanton Foundation. They, they found that that type of design uh, works best uh, for the safety of the dogs and to ensure that they don't 
escape. Um, so, like I said, right now we're in the uh, preliminary design phase, but we anticipate certainly by town meeting that we will have, uh, if not 100% design, really close to that. So our goal is to ask for some construction funds um, to serve as a match for the Stanton Foundation money. So this is a project that's been in the works. I understand because I found Kathy's files and I understand that it's been in the works for 18 years. Mm -hmm. So that is uh, long enough, I think. <laughs> And there have been certainly very dedicated folks who have uh, shed many um, tears and uh, blood and sweat over the uh, creation of this dog park. So I'd like to make that happen for them. So a question for John Campbell. Um, this, do dog parks qualify under the recreation component of CPA funding? Yes, I think so, for sure. Okay. And then, both, uh, you know, it's creating an open space too. Yeah. Basically creating a park just for dogs. I guess. I guess the great thing, thing about I... uh, dog parks is people think it's just to exercise dogs, but, um, you know, people make these lifelong friendships uh, when they go to dog parks. And so it really is recreation, not just for the dogs, but also for the dog owners. Yeah. Another question I had was, I didn't get a chance to go back and review the master plan. Can anybody that was involved in the master plan committee, what do the master plan say about dog parks? Was that, did that come, was that come out of the master plan somewhere? It was on the list. It was on the list? Okay. Yeah, it's definitely in the master plan. I don't remember which number, but. Yeah. yeah, it was a recommendation in the master plan. Okay. And so um, this is something that uh, qualifies for CPA funding? Yes, it would. Under open space and recreation for animals? Not the third one, but the first two. <laughs> and it's been approved before from for other towns? Uh, good question. I didn't check precedent, but it, it seems like a clear um, park, uh, excuse me, open space and or recreation. Uh, the, I mean, the, the, the people do, oh, I'm sorry, the people do, I'm sorry, the, the feasibility do. study was approved for funding last year. And the dog right. owners stay with the dog, so they are enjoying the park and the trails and everything, so it's not like a drop-off. Okay. I see what you meant. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, they're just curious if there's a delineation there. No. Okay. It was actually on goal number one for the open space on the master plan. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it was the second, the second part of goal one. So it was pretty high up there. Okay, good. Thanks. Yeah. Back to Millie's question. That's a really good question. Um, so I think what, what you're asking Millie is, has CPA funding been approved for dog parks because does the once we approve it at at town meeting it has to go to the state right right and and has there has there been an incident where the state has approved a dog park for cpa funding 
You know, I haven't looked it up, um, but I would bet money there's at least several that other towns have approved for CPA. There, there's nothing about it that does not meet the criteria. Um, and the state only reviews, I mean, they don't really, they don't oversee your applications that you bring to town meeting, but the state DOR does take input. I mean, ultimately you report what you've, what you've approved the town meeting. And there have been occasions where uh, the project has been rejected for funding, but it's pretty rare. Usually the, the town CPA committees vet that out. Um, uh, I don't see any risk at all of that here. It's, it's for sure within the category. And as I think about this also, our purpose tonight is to do nothing more than yeah. to indicate that our committee feels this isn't our master plan supports this project, indicate that support, whether whatever happens to it after that is out of our hands. It's just that we confirm yeah. that this is something the master plan isolated as being important and we think it ought to go forward. And then it's up to John and his people to figure out if they can actually fund it. Yep, I agree. That's exactly um, what I think we hope going forward too, not just this year, but future years. Uh, where can CPA have the most value for the master plan? Sure. Any other comments or questions? Hearing none, I'll entertain the motion that the master plan inflation committee indicates its support um, for the dog park project. So moved. Second, is there a second for that? I second. Okay. Why do I keep putting down my list of Julianne? Aye. Amy. Aye. Millie. Aye. Still looking for Ashley. Yeah, <laughs> she's been tied up. Okay. Uh Tracy. Aye. Fran. Aye. Jean Kennedy. Aye. Jean Cahill. Epstein. Okay. All right. Rick Leaf, aye. John Campbell. Aye. And Dario. Aye. Okay, thank you. Okay, well, moving on to the Senior Center ADA trail. All right, this is another project where we hired Weston and Samson to do the design. Um, there was a uh, grant that was received from uh, CPC last year um, to do the preliminary, actually the final design of the Senior Center ADA trail. So currently there are, are trails that exist. Uh, so the interest is in improving the existing trails, uh, essentially creating a loop that goes around the pond uh, that would be ADA accessible. Um, so uh, Weston and Samson again uh, will provide us with a preliminary plan for submission to, with our CPC application on November 1st. Um, and they have updated the cost estimate that was originally submitted last year uh, with the CPC application. And unfortunately, costs have gone up by about 100,000 over the last year, uh, very disappointingly. Um, so we are interested in applying for funds for uh, the bid documents, as well as for the construction of the ADA trail. 
Uh, we do anticipate applying for a mass trails grant, uh, but unfortunately that is capped at $50,000 because um, it isn't of regional benefit. Uh, so they allow you to go up to as far as $400,000 if you have a trail of regional benefit. So um, that kind of is a drop in the bucket uh, for the cost of the trail. We will be looking for alternative funding sources, um, but that's what we have at this point. So that's another important project. Uh, this would be the only actual ADA accessible trail in the town of Northborough. Um, so it would be a huge benefit for those who are challenged physically and aren't otherwise able to enjoy the woods. How much is it for? I might have missed that. I'm just curious. Uh, so right now the estimate was for $330,000. Um, so we are absolutely planning on applying for a $50,000 Mass Trails grant and looking for other resources. Will it be tied into uh, will it be tied into the multi-use trail that Amy was talking about? Or are they yeah. separate? Um, no. I don't think it will connect. No. No. It's uh, the Edmonds Hill but I don't think they will uh, quite, quite connect to the aqueduct trail. Go close, but uh, right now the aqueduct trail is not ADA accessible. So if you need an ADA accessible trail, then that won't be possible. I just have a quick mass trails grant question, thinking about the multi-use trail in the future. Is it 400,000 a year that you can apply for or total like over a certain amount of years? So generally the way the mass, uh, the various grants work is that they like to see that you have expended a grant. So say you get awarded a grant, they like to see that you've completed the project before they give you another grant. That's generally the way it goes. There are some exceptions but that's kind of like a good practice. They don't like to give <laughs> five grants and have you not have completed any of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, thanks. Do they consider universal design at all, Lori, with extra money or no? They do not give extra money for ADA. There, there are other resources that you can use for ADA accessibility. Like for example, there's Oh gosh, it's um, a municipal accessibility grant. I'm messing up the exact name, but oh, yeah. I've applied for that grant like three times, four times, and I never get it. It seems mm. like they don't really have uh, any money. Uh, I don't, and they never give you any explanation as to why you didn't get the grant. They just say no. I was so, talking about universal design, which is a little more stringent than ADA. Do they recognize that or, or, or you don't know? Doria, do you mind explaining what universal design is? Briefly, it's, you don't, the ADA, when we do buildings with ADA, 
and you have a ramp to get in a building, you're one in 12 slope to get in the building. So you have to put ramps and grab rails and everything. Universal design keeps it less than 5% so that you're not singling out the handicap and say, oh, you people there with problems, you go in that entrance and us normal people go here. Um, we got a big grant in Clyde, Ohio for doing a universal trail, but it, it flattens the slopes. They're a little tougher to do, but it's, it's being recognized more and more, I'll say on the planet, not um, everywhere. In Wellesley, um, we got a lot of credit for it with a school where we did all universal design. It, it's, and it goes everywhere. It goes in a building where, you know, down to bathrooms where all the toilets can service handicapped and, and, and unchallenged people. So you don't have to go to a special spot for anything. Everybody's kind of treated the same. So this uh, this works for just trails because there are no amenities. It's just tra a trail. Well, it would affect the slopes on the trails. It would like if you're trying to cross Route 20 over here with the viaduct, that slope wouldn't meet ADA requirements. So it would be more than the eight percent. So a lot of times they'll put the um, uh, the ramps that go back and forth to get up. Universal would start grading it further back and have no ramps. It's just, if you guys haven't done it, it's, it's not new, but it's not done a lot unless people really dig in. I didn't know if there were special stuff because it's a little more stringent and the world seems to be wanting to go that way. Um, it's a lot greener and a lot more inclusive. I am unaware of any programs that give you extra points uh, extra money for universal design. Um, but certainly I can speak to Weston and Samson. Maybe they know of ramp programs know. that I'm not familiar with. Fair enough. Okay, good point. Any other questions or comments about the Senior Center ADA trail? Hearing none, I'll entertain a motion that the Master Plan Implementation Committee indicates its support for the Senior Center ADA trail. So moved. Is there a second? Second. Julianne. Aye. Amy. Aye. Millie. Aye. Still no Ashley. Tracy. <laughs> Aye. Uh, Fran. Aye. Jean Kennedy. Aye. Jean Cahill. Aye. Rick Leaf. Aye. John Campbell. Aye. Ben Dario. Hi. Okay, have you got what you need from us tonight, Lori, for all this? Yes, thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. Okay. Um, next item on the agenda is to go through the minutes for the September 15th meeting, which were distributed along with the agenda. Are there any changes uh, to the minutes for September 15th? I didn't have any. Oh. Hearing none, I'll accept a motion to approve the minutes of September 15th as presented. So moved. Is there a second? second. Julianne. Aye. Amy. Aye. Millie. Aye. Tra uh, Tracy. Aye. Grant. 
Hi. Anna, are you there? Yeah, I should I. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, Jean Kennedy. Aye. Jean Cahill. Abstain. Rick Leaf. Aye. John Campbell. Aye. Dario. Aye. Right before the adjournment meeting, Julianne, I think you indicated when we were talking to Weston and Sampson, you had something else about this you wanted to talk about. Well, I um I was curious about the idea that Dario brought forth about uh, the the rest of us at least being able to view the the meeting the Monday meeting that will be held and but first before we before we get into that um, who who so it will be ideally now it will be Rick Ashley Lori. Lori from Weston and Sampson, the whole it'll be, it'll be the Weston and Sampson people will change. It'll be it'll be um, Jonathan Law, who's the project manager and anybody else who thinks is important for that particular week, that particular month. Uh -huh. So so I, I, I think there should be a possibility of letting us know that the meetings ha happening and we can just view it without participating. As long as it's not somehow getting ourselves in trouble with the open meeting law by having a quorum of the people on that Zoom call. No, we if wouldn't I, be on I the Zoom call. That. We'd just be able to watch it. Yeah, I really don't feel comfortable. Um, you know, this is our opportunity to kind of speak frankly in between meetings. And I don't it's not something that I, I think should be like on YouTube. Like it's not, it's kind of where we're going over what we're going to be presenting publicly. So I, I don't really feel comfortable with that. Like we're going to be going over, um, you know, kind of what they found and like, I, I just think it would be a more productive meeting if it's not a Zoom meeting where everybody will be able to, it's a strategy meeting. It's not a for public consumption meeting. This sounds like a planning and preparation meeting, right? Exactly. So it's more like, you know, it's an informal meeting. So it's going to be kind of seeing the back office, if you know what I mean, you know, where we're kind of um, bouncing ideas off of each other about how to present ideas and concepts. So I, I don't I don't agree with it being a public YouTube video. I don't think it has to be public and I don't think this committee should be unallowed to view it. Um, that seems wrong. I don't think it's any different than when staff has internal meetings with prospective applicants that are going to become before the zoning board or the planning board. We're not privy to those meetings, but then we are. We get the reports from the staff at the meetings. Um, we don't miss anything by not being at those strategy meetings. We, we get the report from the staff. So I see it, it as a, similar to that and unnecessary for us to actually watch you in the meeting. 
I agree it's not necessary, but to stop someone from watching, I think is wrong. And I'm going to stop commenting on this because I've been on both sides of this when we're the only ones and then we watch all the sausage and then we present what we want everybody else to see and hope to get it rubber stamped. Um, and well, then I'm uh, Dario, to the point of viewing it, if it's viewable, then it has to be hosted. And if it's hosted, it has to be public. And so it's a real complication for the number of meetings. It's viewable to just to us and you limit it to less than a quorum. Um, there's no different than four people being there versus three. It doesn't have to be the whole committee. But how would you decide who, who who can view it? What if whoever calls first? That's not practical. Okay, fair enough. I, you guys answer the question. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think that this is something that that we really could work out. I mean, I I I guess I don't understand the technology. It's if the invitation goes out to just a few people. And it's this private meeting, and and everyone knows that you know I'm there just to watch. Rick and Ashley can speak. Um, I I don't see the problem. Well, why 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 by allowing any of us if we if we have the interest and want to work at it, um, why does that automatically make it go on YouTube? In order to record it, uh, we don't need to have it recorded. Well, you said, oh, you said that you wanted to view the meeting, so that's what I assumed that you were interested in. No, oh, in real having time, these recorded meetings and then broadcasting them. No, no, what? No, you know, the, you send out the invitation, and we all get the invitation, and we all understand that except for Rick and Ashley, we were just observers. And the, you know, the invitation is limited to this committee. Um, I, that doesn't have, that's not, doesn't have to be recorded. That, really that, that, at least that's not what I, I envisioned. Maybe Dario, you had a different idea. No, I didn't. You would just be viewing it live. That's all. It's yeah. no recording, no documenting. You don't have to show how the sausage was made. Um, you just let other people, if they're really interested, watch. I think it comes back to Fran's point. If you're, if you're viewing, even if you're not participating, it's a meeting. And, and I guess I mean the entire eighteen months of the uh, the entire eighteen months of the master plan um, steering committee. Rick and I met on a regular basis with staff and the consultant, and I don't remember anyone ever asking if they could be a part of those meetings or watch them. They just let us do it, and then we reported back to the whole group. Um, I mean, I, th I think, Rick, it's, it's your for you and Ashley to decide and then get back to us as to whether or not you feel it's something that has merit and, and leave it there. It's not something we're going to vote on. The, the other thing I wanted to bring up, though, was um, if there is a Monday that Rick or Ashley couldn't make it, I think we should have an alternate or two to make sure that, that we have at least two people from the committee at that meeting. Well, I, I you know, I think that, that, that basically, um,
I, at the beginning of all of this, and I, I kind of go back to the way things generally run, typically um, the staff works with the consultants, reports to the committees or the boards or commissions at their regularly scheduled meetings. And to a certain extent, having Ashley and I participating along with Laurie with the consultants was kind of a, um, a way to make our entire committee feel more comfortable that we had some participation in some of the activities that were going on um, behind the scenes. And it was kind of a compromised position where it, was, it wasn't really possible to have the entire committee participating outside of the regular meetings, both because of open meeting laws and just the, the, um, the difficulty of working with a large group of people and the consultant. So, you know, my sense is that um, if there was going to be a time when neither Ashley or I would be able to participate at one of these regular meetings, we would reschedule it to another time during the week that was convenient for all of us. So although we're saying right now that our plan is to meet the third Monday of every month at 11 o'clock to do a planning session for the meeting coming up that following Thursday, my sense is going to be that between now and the end of this project, we're not going to meet every Monday on the third Monday at 11. Something's going to come up that Ashley and I can't make it or Lori can't make it or Jonathan can't make it. And so we're going to try and figure out some time leading up to the meeting to touch base so we make sure that when we present to the entire committee, we don't look like we don't know what we're doing. I mean, the whole point of the meetings is to make sure that in every third Thursday, the presentation the whole committee gets about the project has been vetted and makes sense. And, you know, that the committee doesn't feel that somehow we just lost time at one of our committee meetings because we weren't organized as to what we're doing. So for that purpose, I just don't see the need to include other people besides the chair and the vice chair and the planner along with the consultant to make sure that we're basically organized to give you guys a decent, like tonight, you know, we sat down with Jonathan and we sort of discussed what it is we're gonna say. I think if we didn't do anything, we weren't sure what Jonathan and, and, and what, you know, what Sherry were gonna to say tonight. So we put together a little agenda, which they agreed to. Jonathan came up with a nice PowerPoint and I think we had a fairly nice organized presentation. A month from now, you know, we'll do the same thing. So, and like I said, if it turns out that somehow we find out the, the, the second week of the month that I can't make it or Lori can't make it or Jonathan can't make it, we're going to reschedule that meeting for some other time prior to the third Thursday in November for the only purpose of making sure we're all in, in sync when we sit down with the full committee and do the next presentation. So then to try and continue to try and involve a larger group of people from the committee, I think it's just gonna be kind of an administrative problem. So my sense would be, you guys just have to understand that our purpose for doing this is to get organized. So we, you guys get a good presentation on the third Thursday of each month. That's the only purpose for doing it. And that we just need the flexibility to meet when we can meet as best we can do it. And so I don't really see a need for expanding the attendance at these meetings beyond beyond Lori and Ashley and I, 
And like I said, I'm pretty sure we're not going to meet the third Monday of every month. We'll meet most third Mondays of every month at 11, but I can guarantee you some weeks we're going to meet on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or maybe even the Thursday morning before the meeting just to touch base to make sure we all know what we're talking about that night. That being Thank the whole point of these meetings, I just don't see a need to expand the attendance beyond Lori and Ashley and I. Rick, could I just say something as well? I, I Sorry, I'm, I'm very late to the meeting and I might have missed something that Julianne said. Um, but I think just to be clear, when, when we do have these meetings and we have been having, you know, meetings before these, you know, regular MPIC meetings um, since the beginning, it's, it's really to plan out the agenda. It's not to discuss anything substantive. And I think as long as we continue to operate that way, um, we can ensure that none of the committee members are missing out on any substantive discussion. And really, we're just, as Rick said, organizing ourselves and, and setting the agenda so that you know, we, we do have a good meeting and um, aren't wasting anybody's time. I just say that, uh, you know, we learned two things this evening. One, that the consultant will be the first agenda item on each of our monthly meetings from now into the future. And secondly, that when she gets around to it, Laurie is going to be able to have a dedicated website where all the information and studies and data will be available to us. Uh, that to me is providing plenty of information for me as a member of this committee to deal with a monthly sequence of meetings. And I think that, uh, I, you know, I certainly I'd agree with Rick that uh, staff needs time to sort of do what staff does and as committee members, we all have free access to Laurie or Rick or Ashley if we have particular questions. If we have certain concerns that we want to see on the agenda or brought up with the, the meeting with the, the consultant, we can certainly vet that information to them. So I'm comfortable with having it uh, set up the way it is. And the fact that they're meeting to prepare for the monthly master plan committee meeting uh, is just a sign of good coordination that is useful to all of us. Other comments or input? If we start to see that for some reason, there's substantive information this committee needs, I think we, I think I mentioned this to you before when we decided to not appoint a subcommittee of ourselves to manage this project. We said the reason we wanted to do that was because it was gonna be difficult um, to meet more frequently than once a month, but that if in fact, substantive issues came up that required the whole committee's input, we were gonna call additional meetings. And it's very possible between now and April, we're gonna ask us all to get together more than just one Thursday a month. And hopefully we can get a quorum um, when we do that. So um, there's no doubt that that may happen. And I, I remember saying to this committee when we decided not to set aside a subcommittee else to manage this project, that if we're all gonna manage it, we've gotta be ready to spend the time uh, to manage it on a more active basis. And so as Ashley brought up, and I think as Jean mentioned, to the extent that there are substantive issues this committee needs to make a decision on, 
and we have to make those decisions in between our monthly meetings, we will call additional meetings of the committee to make these decisions. So if, hopefully that will make everybody feel comfortable that anything more than planning what we're going to say uh, is happening in between meetings. Um, this may, and like I said, as we get further down in the project, there may be things that have to be decided that we're going to we're going to need to call the whole committee together on, and and we'll have to do that based on our decision not to to uh, uh, have a subcommittee of our group manage the project on an ongoing basis. So that I will say to you guys that to the extent that Lori or Ashley or I feel we have issues that need to come before the whole committee and they can't wait until the next month, we will call a specific meeting of the committee to decide those issues. Any other comments or questions? Hearing none, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn the meeting tonight. Moved. Is there a second for that? Second. Uh, Julianne. Aye. Amy. Aye. Millie. Aye. Ashley. Aye. Tracy. Aye. Uh, Fran. Aye. Jean. John. Aye. Jean Kennedy. Aye. Jean Cahill. Aye. Rick Leaf. Aye. John Campbell. Aye. And Dario. Aye. Okay, we'll stay in touch. And our next meeting is the uh, third Thursday in November. Thank you all very much tonight. Thank you.